0: Episode 8 Time is Money Managing Your Most Limited Resource. You are now listening to the Faith on Fire podcast, a pod for financial literacy, coaching, and real life examples on how to transform your finances. I'm your host, Simone Brummel. Follow me on my path to financial freedom, and I'll give you tips on how to start and continue yours. Money is a tool, so learn how to use it wisely. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Faith on Fire podcast. Thank you again for listening. If this is your first time or you've been here with us for the few episodes we've had so far, I really appreciate your time listening. As always, well wishes and salutations to everyone. We're continuing through COVID regulations and adjusting to the economic situation as well as the public health crisis. I pray that everyone is healthy and taking care of themselves and their families. Today's episode, we're going to talk about time and money, specifically talking about time management. And this was a topic suggested by a listener. So I'm even more excited to talk about this, knowing that it has real practical application for someone who's listening. Please continue to review and leave comments on Apple podcasts and subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google play, and let others know what amazing content we have here on the faith on fire podcast. So proper time management is a habit that can really have a lot of implications on your financial life. For some people, not having enough time or feeling like they don't have enough time is the excuse that's given for not being able to achieve goals or accomplish tasks as christians we should be stewards of our time as well as money and sometimes we can be so focused on managing the material things that we forget about one of our most valuable resources one of my favorite parables is found in matthew 25 And that's the parable of the three servants. Not only is this one of the most popular or frequently referenced parable around investing and managing money, one of the overall themes is what do you do with what you're given? And in this parable, one of the things they were given is time, right? It says the master left and came back after a long time. They didn't know when the master would would return. What they did know is what they had available to them and that there was an expectation of his return. As Christians, the anticipation of our savior's return should be our biggest incentive to be great managers of our time. Time and money go hand in hand because your time is a limited resource. One thing we've seen a lot because of COVID is this idea going around that because things have slowed down and we're for the most part, we're all at home and assumed to have more time available to us. And you have people who are saying, well, if you have this time available to you and you're not building a business or coming out of this with the skill, then something's wrong with you. And I don't want to confuse this episode of time management and being a good steward of your time with the idea that you have to be doing something at this moment. So I want to say upfront that I don't confuse time management with the idea that you have to maximize your time in this moment. What I'll be talking about today is how to better manage your time First by addressing the mindset shift and what you really have to focus on to better at managing your time and then going through some really practical things to do to achieve that goal. So a key thing that you have to address first and foremost, if you want to be better at managing your time is prioritizing the commitments in your life. This has to be the first thing you do before you start carving out calendar time and assigning schedules for things. You have to be clear on what is important to you. This will dictate how much time and effort you give to the things in your life because at the end of the day, we have to remember that our time is a limited resource. You're not going to be able to achieve and tackle everything equally. And what will be your North Star or your compass in remembering and sticking to your commitments is assigning priority to things. Now, most of us automatically start to think, God, family, friends, work, those are usually in the top four or five of our priorities list. But sometimes what we tend to do is give them all equal importance to say, friends, family, self, work are all important to me, so that's my priority. But you really have to be clear on exactly what's number one, number two, and number three, because what tends to happen is those are the things that take up most of our time. If you don't have a guiding light to say, this comes first, this comes second, this comes third, you will always feel stretched thin and understandably priorities can shift and in the grand scheme of things. And when you look at how your time is spent overall, obviously it may vary from day to day or week to week, or in the span of the year, you look at how much time is spent for the things that matter to you. But creating a priority list has to be your first place so that it's easier for you to make decisions on what commitments to keep. Now, one, of my favorite examples of this idea of prioritizing our commitments is the story of martha and mary in the bible if you're unfamiliar martha and mary are expecting jesus and the other disciples to visit and martha is busy preparing to have guests and understandably she's doing household chores and getting ready and mary when the guests come runs to be at the feet of Jesus, listening to him and just being in the moment. And Jesus essentially tells her, Martha, you're focused on the wrong things. And to me, that is the greatest takeaway for prioritizing what we're doing in our lives, because we just have a tendency to focus on the wrong thing at the wrong time or the right thing at the wrong time. So that's to say, Yes, building your business may be important or doing well at work may be important to you and being spending time with family and spending time with friends are all important. But unless you're clear about what is number one, you'll find yourself in the situation of focusing on the wrong thing. After prioritizing commitments, the number one reason I think people struggle with time management is a lack of discipline and this is seen in two ways i think we all know the person who's overbooked or always late has too much going on and just always seems to be behind time we can easily look at that and see or we can more easily look at that and see how that person lacks discipline and is having a hard time managing their time. It can also be seen in the person who's not doing anything who is letting life pass them by not engaging, not investing in building themselves up mentally or emotionally, just kind of going through life. Now, focusing on the person who's doing too much, always habitually late or behind schedule to the point of a problem, right? Obviously people can be late for things and not have time management issues, but I think we all can tell the difference between just being a few minutes late and then having a recurring issue with showing up to events, work, whatever it is, on time. People often say that when you show up habitually late to an event, it's disrespectful to the host or you know to the person you're meeting or the other folks at the event. And I think we we all understand the frustration of having to wait on someone when you've agreed on a designated meeting time. But I think it's for each of us to look at our time management, not just in relation to the respect we have for the other person or the other party appointments don't show up on time only out of respect for the other person. Look at it. It's as respecting the priorities you've set in your life. If you determine that being healthy and working out is a priority for you, respect that by showing up to the gym on time or meeting your trainer, right? Whatever the thing you've determined to be priority. If you say that spending time with your family or spending times with your friends or being a better spouse is important to you and it's a priority for you, then respect that priority by spending the allotted time with your family and your friends or your spouse from start to finish. And when you start to think this way and start to build this discipline of letting your yes be yes and your no be no, right. When you tell someone you'll be there by eight, that you're there and you'll be there for two hours, whatever the agreed upon timeframe, you're honoring the commitment you've made to yourself first. Now, obviously, conflicts will happen and there's gonna be events or things booked where you may have to leave something to go to another event and that'll be okay. But if it, if you are continually honoring your priorities, when these conflicts happen, it won't feel like a burden or it won't be frustrating because you've created a habit of being consistent in other ways. So when you do show up, 30 minutes late or you have to leave an event early people aren't looking at you as disrespecting their time because they have started to trust that you are that you are consistent and reliable so what you'll find is that people who are clear about what's important to them clear about their priorities and commitments clear to themselves first and develop a habit of discipline in sticking to their commitments and honoring their word, they'll have an easier time getting to the practical, what do I do today? How does my calendar look? Working out the details of their day is easier because their priorities are focused and they've committed to them and have built the habit of discipline in staying true to it. Okay, so now you're probably saying, I hear you, Simone. That's fine. Make my list. What's important to me? Be committed and stay disciplined. I get that, but like, how do I actually manage my time? Like, the day gets away from me, even when I know that I want to be home at a certain time and have dinner with my family. Or, I want to spend a certain amount of time learning a new skill and building my business, but I'm still not able to do that. So there's a few practical things I like to do to help me stay committed to my priorities. And the first and easiest thing in this day of technology is calendars and alarms. There are so many versions and so easily accessible on our phones these days using a phone calendar or email calendar or even actual written calendar if you like to see things on paper it's the easiest way to hold yourself accountable now there's varying levels of how you can manage a calendar If you're a person running a business or probably most working professionals, you have a calendar for work and you have things scheduled out. I really encourage people to do that in your personal life. And if not for every event, obviously you may not need to put dinner and lunch on your calendar, but if you find yourself not being able to make your commitments, then you should. If you find yourself not being able to make it in time for dinner then yes maybe you should set an alarm or in a calendar reminder for you to get up have to leave now for to make dinner in 30 minutes another way I use my calendar is to see how much time I'm spending on things and going back to priorities I use it as a check to see if I'm actually prioritizing my time based on what I said is important to me so if I say that I'm prioritizing spending time with my spouse, but when I look back on my calendar, I've done all these events and activities and only spent 20 or 30 minutes a day connecting and building my relationship, then I have to reevaluate how I'm spending my time. So using a calendar, whether written or on your phone and our alarms enforces accountability and makes your time visible and real. Another really important tool for managing your time is saying no. And for the people out there who are overbooked and multitasking and always feeling like you can't handle everything on your plate, sometimes the reason you can't handle everything on your plate is because there's too much on it. Now, I don't think it's a gender specific thing, but Women have the tendency to overbook themselves or take on more tasks than they would like to. And I think by nature, we sometimes multitask more or have the tendency to want to multitask more. I'm no psychologist so in no way am I diagnosing or analyzing anyone but just as a generalization men tend to think more in boxes and attack one task at a time and once they're done thinking about that one thing move on to the next where women don't really think like that if you've read the book Men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti, kind of talks about that idea. But essentially, the issue here, as far as it relates to our time, is that multitasking in some ways is a myth as it relates to productivity and getting things done. One of the things you probably should look at when you write out your priorities list or your commitments is how long is it? Again, going back to the thought that our time is a limited resource, there does come a point where you literally can't take on anymore. And what starts to happen is you go into it with the best of intentions and you want to help and you want to be better or or you're trying to be supportive, whatever the reason you go into something, right, with all of the best intentions, there's only so much you can do. And if you're not comfortable saying no, it's a tool you're going to have to to work on and add in your tool belt. What we tend to tell ourselves is that, okay, I'll just do this thing while I work on this and I'll get them done at the same time. And there's tons of studies that show working on multiple things at the same time lowers effectiveness and productivity. And these studies encourage working in sprints of 30 to 60 minutes of focused attention, right? And if you're that person who has a lot of things on your plate, start by trying to clear it and saying no to some things, really refining your priorities list. And then whatever you're putting your time into, try to give it at least 30 minutes of focused attention at a time. And that is so hard in this age of cell phones and social media because we are so easily distracted by notifications and rings on our cell phone. But if you're able to give 30 or 60 minutes of your time to something hyper-focused, it will do leaps and bounds in improving how you're managing your overall schedule. Now, the last tool I wanna give you for managing your time is to build boundaries around your priorities. Now, what I mean by this is creating rules in your life that support what you say is priority. For the most part, like I mentioned before, a lot of us will say our priorities are family, work, taking care of ourselves, right? just to use those three as an example. And maybe you're trying to put yourself first to be healthier, and then put your family second and work third. It's very easy for those three things to push against each other and really fight for your time and fight to be first place in your life. So you may be saying, I really want to work out and I really want to eat better and make time to cook my own meals and just make better decisions around my health. Your family or your spouse relationship may be also requiring time from you. And then what should be at third place already takes up, let's just say 40 hours out of your week and leaves a small amount of time for the other two things. So they oftentimes become in conflict. What building boundaries will do is help to keep the separation of your time so you don't have to always make the choice of what to spend your time on. So I'll give an example of one of my personal boundaries and how I protect my time. I still currently have a, I wouldn't say nine to five, but I still have a a salary job where I have an employer that requires at least 40 hours of my time a week. However, one of my priorities is ministry and the time I spend at church as well as in personal devotion and development of my faith. One of the ways I've protected my time is to commit to and make it clear with my employer and supervisors, etc., that I don't work on Sundays. Now, what that allows for me is that I always have one day where I can focus on this priority. I can get assignments or work or things come up all throughout the week. I've made it clear that I don't respond to emails. I don't do any work or projects. I'm not available to work on this one day. And that helps me protect the time for this priority and doesn't allow the overlap from another competing priority. Another boundary I've built into my life is turning off my email notifications after nine o'clock. So I don't receive or check emails related to work after nine o'clock. And this is a boundary that stops work from creeping into my personal or family time consistently. And the reason these rules are protecting your time is so important is that you have to add another layer of support for whatever you're trying to do. And the way you protect your time can be totally different. You can you know, have someone else be an accountability partner for you or whatever it is. It, it really depends on what are the things that are most frequently fighting for your time that needs kind of a referee and put in place something that removes the decision-making from you. Alright, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I think it was really helpful. If you have any feedback, please leave comments on my Instagram page, Faith on Fire LLC. You can at me on Twitter, SB Faith on Fire. or like I said before, leave reviews and rate on Apple Podcasts. Now, today I have a book recommendation for you. David and Goliath, Underdogs, Misfits, and the Art of Battling Giants. No, I'm not talking about the story in the Old Testament. This is a non-fiction book by Malcolm Gladwell, who is easily one of my favorite non-fiction authors. In this book, he talks about how our disadvantages can actually be advantages, and I know we all love the story of an underdog or a comeback story. And he and this book just analyzes the reasons why sometimes the underdog does win. And maybe they're not an underdog after all. Sometimes what we look at as a negative or make someone unprepared isn't really that he gives some great examples to support this argument you know privilege is a very popular topic these days so it was really great reading this book and taking a different look on really what the advantages of privilege are or the perceived lack of privilege from disabilities to or college admission Malcolm Gladwell examines how these challenges we face can shape us. Sometimes the school we attend or the neighborhood we come from or our physical abilities are the things that propel us in defeating our giants or our hurdles. And of course, he talks about the story of David and Goliath, the title reference, and ties it all together in a really smart and refreshing way that I think you would enjoy. So if you read this book or have any commentary, I'd love to hear your feedback on that as well. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, be blessed everyone.